Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the JT and Big O Podcast. This week is episode 13, titled, Of Horses and Birds. We'll be talking about Birds of Prey, the brand new movie starring Margot Robbie and, uh, and Rosie Perez. You and McGregor, too. In, I, I keep forgetting he's in that movie. Well, I, I'll get into it. I'll get into okay, it. Okay, okay, yeah. In addition to that, we'll also be talking about the final few episodes of BoJack Horseman on Netflix. It has come to an end, and we kind of wonder why. We also have a few other things in the world of professional wrestling, but let's start it now. I am your host, JT McGuire, also known as Video Geek JT. Find me on VideoGeekJT.com. And joined alongside me is Ryan Big O'Regan. Oh, no plug for me. You go ahead and promote yourself. I'll, I'll let you promote yourself. Yeah, um, well, your uh, your Twitter is uh, Real Ordeal. That's R-E-E-L, Ordeal. And, of course, that's also the same for the Instagram, where I am doing my video a day uh, for the month of February right now, uh, doing a couple of different things. I have a review of Birds of Prey myself, if you want to check that out, as well as a couple of spots for Black History Month, because I care about my peoples. <laughs> peoples. That, you, again, you people do. adjacent. Yes. For those of you who can't see me at this moment, I am white, so that's why I say that. <laughs> I don't know what it's it's Black History Month, so yes, it is. You know, happy February for everybody. Obviously, uh, Oscars are today, and of course, if you saw last week's podcast, well, I should point out if you're listening to this on uh, Podbean and Spotify, the Oscars were actually yesterday. Uh, we just we taped this though six hours before the Oscars, so which I should point out right now. We will not be talking about any results of the Oscars right now because when we recorded this, we don't know what they were. Yeah, no no spoilers or anything like this, obviously. But, of course, the episode before, we did talk about the, the Best Picture nominees, so go ahead and check that out after this if you want to go ahead and get that slight little recap before the award ceremony takes place. Yes. Um, and if anything big happens, we'll discuss it a little more uh I guess for our next week's show, yes. but I don't know if anything big is going to happen. No. Actually, uh, it's, it's, it's a very milk and toast kind of award ceremony uh, this year, but uh, Oscars aside, we've already talked about the movies that have been nominated. Let's talk about a movie that's definitely not going to get nominated. <laughs> Birds of Prey. Yes. I want to start off with that because um, obviously with it being recorded on Sunday going into Monday, we actually do also know the box office results for the Margot Robbie R-rated spinoff from the Suicide Squad, the Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad. I might mention. Did it, what did it win for? I think it won for uh, best makeup or best visual effects. I guess in regards to how they did with um, uh, Killer Croc and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that was it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I could. Uh, that, that, had bad, be, that had to be a bad year in movies. Uh, not a bad year, but obviously there wasn't too much going on in regards to like how you know characters were looking. And I have to admit, what they did with Killer Croc was pretty impressive. I guess uh, that that's more for uh, actual special effects and not like uh, visual computer graphic visual effects, right? Because I mean, Suicide Squad really didn't have that, with the exception of the sky beam, right? Because uh, other movies that came out that year, such as like uh, the uh, Infinity Wars. Or was that the same year? No. How, when did uh, Suicide Squad come out? I'm losing 2016. Time. Wow, that long ago. Yes. Oof, time flies. Well, they needed that much to get all the Justice League and Batman, Superman stuff ready. So, yeah, 2016 was kind of like a breather year. They had to go off a couple. But all that aside, 
the box office results came in, and Birds of Prey will be hitting number one at the box office, but with only $34 million. Now, for those of you who may wonder why that's a big deal, the budget for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, that is the full title. I'm not saying the full title. <laughs> but that is the full title. I know it is. I'm just not saying it. Oh, but if it was like, you know, the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, you would say that whole thing, right? Because that's easier to say. <laughs> Vocabulary. Yeah. Anyway, the budget for the movie was $85 million, which means in order to recoup its cost and uh, same, you know, for those of you who don't understand, uh, whenever you're talking about the budget in the movie and how much money it has to make back, usually a movie has to make back double its budget because of promotional costs and stuff. So we're looking at about $170 million that the movie would have to make to cover everything. And it's only premiered at 34 At this point, it is going to be the lowest opening for any DCEU movie, even under Shazam, which Shazam did like $53 million in its opening weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to say this. Uh, I have not been looking forward to seeing this movie, it, but you know, to me, I'm a guy. I figured this is more meant for a female audience into superheroes. To so, and you know, I, I am encouraging more uh, female driven uh, movies such as this one. Mm -hmm. So, even though I, I don't, it wasn't really focused towards my demographic. I really was hoping for some semi-success. I hope this doesn't lead to a backlash on any future movies such as like this one. Though, with that said, um, now, uh, do you want to give your opinions? Because I know you recently, you did a non-spoiler review on Real Ordeal. Right. So, uh, by the way, uh, I'm just going to give it the point now. This is... Spo this we will be talking spoilers on this podcast so if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't want to get spoiled uh you might want to go see it before you continue listening to us although to be fair in con in comparison to a lot of other comic book movies there really isn't too much spoilers it's just really about how the movie winds up and, yeah and you know anybody that's seen a movie like this uh, probably would be able to guess as to how it's going to turn out. I don't know if it's really going to have any kind of big ramifications on the overarching DCU or DCEU, whatever they want to call it, uh, going forward. Yeah, I don't feel I'm going to... Uh, me personally, I don't feel I'm going to give any spoilers that would ruin the film for anyone. I'm just... Oh, I definitely of... will. I definitely can do that. <laughs> I have no problem doing that. All right. But we, we, we are pointing that out to you right now. And uh... All right, so... You have your opinion on the movie? Yes. What would that be? All right. So, uh, you know, I kind of went into this with uh, no hopes. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, again, it, it's not my... Very dour. It, it's not my demographic, so I was just not really paying attention. But anytime I looked at it, it looked like this really stylish film. And the last few DC films have been very stylish films with no actual substance. I'm like, yeah. Ooh. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove two of them. Shazam was good, and Wonder Woman was good. So those ones are removed. Uh, I can't say anything about Aquaman. I have not seen that one yet. But you didn't see Aquaman? I did not see Aquaman. Wow. Because again, well, also uh, King Bro or some... Oh, not, not a fan of Jason Momoa? I, I'm not. I'm not an, I don't hate him, but I'm not a fan. Well, I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I, you know what? Eventually, I'm going to get around to it, but I haven't. It's one, of the, it's one of those things like there's not a hatred there. It's just... 
not enough of an interest to make me sit down and watch it. Well, obviously, but, you're not watching for the muscles or anything. And no. after what we've heard about Amber Heard. <laughs> you ain't watching for <laughs> not, her at all. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, this Amber Heard mood really wants me to you know, go watch Aquaman now. Not so much. But, so, here's my uh, opinion uh, going in. Again, no hope for this movie uh, in my, going in. And then, you know, it began and I actually got drawn in. Like, so, it, it's a weird feeling to go into a movie with no hope for it, and then to raise the level for you in the first five minutes, because I thought the first I thought the first act of that movie was really good and very well set up, with maybe a tweak or two here and there. And then they totally lost me by the second act, and I was like, oh no, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have given you any hope because you, you just took it all away. Well, okay, with that said, what was the point, the exact point where you're like, okay, you lost me? Uh, when there's a scene where basically Harley Quinn breaks into a police station, okay, to uh, to capture one of the characters in the movie, right? And that scene annoyed me. It's so that it, scene annoyed you, yeah. And I just that felt was such a good action scene. It's like, it well, you know, again, story matters to me as much as action, and and I've done action uh, scenes for like short independence as well. Basically, one, you have Harley Quinn, who is a known killer, works with the Joker, mm-hmm. and she goes in, and what's she using as her weapon? A beanbag gun with a few uh, glitter explosions in there. So that's problem number one. It's like, she is a hardened criminal. She should probably just be using regular weapons, not like, oh, I don't want to hurt anyone. You hurt people all the time. Just use real guns. Two, she is in a police department. Mm-hmm. with trained officers on how to deal with a situation like that. And all of them are pretty much running away or doing the infamous 1980s action film, Let's Attack Her One at a Time, which, you know, it's it's an old trope. We're all used to it. But, you know, I feel action has improved in films over the years. And, and since the 90s with Jackie Chan, I feel like... Uh, they figured out how to not slow down the action where there's some guy in the background, which you can't see me right now, but basically, you know, the people who are there, they're dancing in the background, like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her as soon as she beats up this other guy. And they just one at a time. And it, it was so noticeable in this film. Every fight was like that. With the police in particular, though, because I kind of moved away very fast. My train of thought is awful. Um you have police officers who are either a ta- attacking her one at a time or running away from a woman with a fucking beanbag gun. You have real guns. She has a beanbag gun. Oh, God, she's going to shoot me with that beanbag gun. And that alone annoyed me. Now, that's not what ruined the film for me. That was the beginning of the end, I feel, for my enjoyment of the film. See, I have a different perspective on that entire scene. That's the thing, because... One thing, Suicide Squad never really showed us how much of a fighter or how capable Harley Quinn is on her own. Mm -hmm. This was a definite showcase of that. One of the things I really admired about how they portrayed Harley Quinn in this movie was that they kind of looked a little bit closer as to how she was as a foil in the animated series. And she had a good amount of um, existential flexibility, you know, very acrobatic, almost like uh, Robin was to Batman. She was to Joker. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like with these action scenes, you really got a sense of how she was a capable adversary to anybody, especially with the, the flipping and the jumping and the cartwheels and everything. And half of that it looked like uh, it was even um, Margot Robbie who was doing it, not so much as stunt doubles. When you, I have a different take on that. Well, uh, look. All that aside, it made it look like she was a much more capable person than who we had originally seen in Suicide Squad. So that was a plus for me. Second, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think, okay, well, she's in the police department. Obviously, she doesn't want to be cracking away too many bodies. Otherwise, even more people will be chasing her as they were chasing her earlier in the movie. She has no problem killing the guys when they're in the holding for all the evidence and everything like that. But... Certainly a problem with killing cops when you got uh, more cops all around there. So keep right, it safe why, so this way she doesn't get shot. Why are the police running away? Because it's Harley freaking Quinn. She has a reputation being someone with the Joker. You think the cops have heard about the breakup? Probably not. So they think if she's around, he's around. Uh, I, I just don't feel that. Mm, there's a little bit of logic what you're saying, but I still, if you're a police officer, like that, and that's another thing about this movie. Uh, so, have you ever watched the the new TV show with Harley Quinn? No, I haven't. I've I've seen clips because Lord knows they show enough of them during uh, on Instagram. You'll just be scrolling through and you'll get like a a ten fifteen second clip of an episode. So, in that they had their kind of their own own universe where it's a bit of a satire on the DC universe, right? Where all the the superheroes are almost sort of like uh, just Nimrods who do things because they're the good guys. Yeah, but, and the, but and, my boy, and then the bad Ron guys can kind of so. walk around like they're just they own the place. No one stops them. the The Legion of Doom just has their own offices, and yeah. they can do their own press conferences and stuff. No one arrests anyone. There's really, cursing unless Batman gets involved. So, you know, with all that, it's like, okay, it's a cartoon, it's meant to be satire, it's meant to be a comedy, I can get into that universe, because that's the rules of that universe. And then, I get into this, which, by the way, I I think you have researched this a little bit more, so you could correct me, but to my knowledge, this is the same universe as uh, Man of Steel, as Justice League, as Wonder Woman... So, which have some set ground rules on everything, and here we're in Gotham, where Harley Quinn, a hardened criminal, can just walk the streets without getting arrested, ordering her egg sandwiches. Well, obviously, it's And all these other criminals, too. They're just wandering around and no one's stopping them. There's a scene where she blows up a chemical plant, and you're like, well, it's, it's Gotham. Why is Batman not coming here? Well, that's obviously been uh, touched on by quite a few people as to why there was no Batman, no Robin, no uh, vigilante justice in any way, shape, or form. Well, we we could say like, oh, well, this person wasn't available to be in the film. Yeah, they, they were probably off of the Batman, whatever. Yeah, but you know, you have like this really big uh, blowing up a chemical plant would probably be one of those things that attracts Batman. And yeah, he's around. Yeah, but it's just it's. There's so many things in this world that were just so off. And again, I was kind of ignoring it for that first half because the uh, Harley Quinn kind of trying to do the Deadpool thing. Like, she was the narrator of this film. Right. So just for those who didn't see it yet, she that was one of the things. She narrates it such as the same as Deadpool did in the first Deadpool movie mm-hmm. and, and second Deadpool movie. In any uh, Deadpool movie, yeah, really. Yeah, any Deadpool movie. Except X-Men Origins Wolverine. 
But it's like, as it went on, there was less narration from her. It's like they didn't know where they were going with the writing. It's things just started feeling like it went off track, like they didn't know where to go. So beyond even the action scenes, it's just like, like, were you just kind of piecing this together as you went along? See, I don't think if it's like that, because I think a lot more of the narration was trying to like get back up to a certain point, and then it continued on from there. So it really wasn't like, you know, the whole thing was being told in post until like the very, very end. But here's the one thing I will say in regards to the whole Deadpool comparison. And mm-hmm. here's, I think, the probably part of the reason why the movie is hurting at the box office for opening weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. It's that you're taking a property that was in a PG-13 movie because Dead- because Suicide Squad uh, was PG-13 when it came out. Mm-hmm. That was one of the gripes about it, actually, that they didn't go for the hard R with all these murders. Uh, so you have that, and then you go ahead and you take Harley Quinn and a bunch of other characters, and you put them into a hard R-rated movie, supposedly. And I feel like they didn't go hard enough with the R. No, it was. Uh, I saw someone else say like this felt like a PG thirteen movie, and I tend to right. agree with, with them. With the exception of the language, the language being probably the biggest outlier of anything. And, and the uh, the final death scene in the movie, but even then, you could have like done a quick edit off screen, just had like some stuff fly up at them. You mm-hmm. didn't have to. So, oh, um, the main character. Well, again, it goes back kills into, the main villain. It goes back into the audience. Uh, it, they thought like the main audience for this is possibly teenage girls, and yeah, a lot of them can't go see this movie because it's a rated R. Right. Well, I mean, provided theaters are stringent about that sort of thing i mean lord knows i know enough theaters that well, it's like it doesn't matter but well the rumor is like if they really want to see this movie they're just going to buy a ticket for a pg-13 movie and then sneak into the theater for this right. one right but then you're but then the money hurting. doesn't go to uh birds of prey anyway right and mind you critically the movie is being highly favored you know it's got a it's rotten fresh on rotten tomatoes it's it's uh it's what i think a b plus to an a minus cinema score so you know, it still looked very favorably, but it's one of those things where you're kind of over here losing some of the target audience just by playing around with the characterization of the character. You could have made Harley much more villainous, much more bloody, yes, fine, mm-hmm. much more of a killer if you wanted to, but they chose to go the more she's smarter than she looks, she's more whimsical than she looks, she's not as crazy as she looks sort of parallel instead. And that's hard to do, considering you have an animated television show which came out prior to the movie, which shows what a hard R Harley can be. Yeah, and that and that show is really really good. That is the only thing I look forward to on Fridays right now. But yeah, this uh, this movie, I, you know, it's one of those things. I don't want to say I hate this movie. I don't. No, I don't. I, I like the all. movie myself, but but it 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 could have been better. And I think that first act really showed how good it could have been. I think it needed a lot more polishing. It, it needed more oomph, which is, I don't think is an oomph that DC is ready to go down yet. And what, they're, they're, still, they're still trying to go more family-friendly and try to build out like that. They had the opportunity to go the route that Fox went with uh, R-rated comic book fare. And they decided to hold it back a bit. Because I don't think Warner Brothers is necessarily in that market just yet. Between their two big franchises, which being DC and uh, uh, Harry Potter, you know they're still trying to balance <laughs> the scales on something that's palatable for everybody. And 
that's that old adage. And, you know, when you try to please everyone, you please no one. Right. And yeah, it's like, I think that's the biggest thing. They never went, knew where to go with DC. Uh, Christopher Nolan kind of, he stayed on as a producer, but he kind of backed out creative wise, I think. Right. And they brought in, and I hate to say this, I love Zack Snyder. He He's one of my favorite directors, but he did not do good with this DC series. Well, but, I mean, you can't blame the whole series of events on him. That's the problem. You can you to blame I it can all blame the ma- I can blame the majority because he created the blueprint. He created the blueprint, but they didn't allow him to construct from the blueprint as much as he should have. You know that again. It's one of these things where it's like the creator and the the company butting heads, which is all the more reason that we got the Justice League that we did. So he's not the one who decided we needed a, a strong brooding Superman. I mean, we definitely could have used a strong, brooding a Superman, but why? Because we've seen what the the lighthearted Superman can be already, and even then, that was kind of like yeah. But this this wasn't just a regular Superman. This was going to be a Superman mixing up with Batman. So you already had the strong, brooding character, and now and now you have a Batman that kills. Yes. Well, no, no, that's not my point. I'm saying when I say a strong, brooding character, I'm referring to Batman. You should have just kept Batman. Batman and not add him killing people on there. And you should have kept Superman lighthearted. And then, like, the whole thing between them is that chemistry. You have Superman, who is the capability of doing anything, but holds back. And Batman, who's a regular human being, but goes beyond his limits to get things done. Right. And I think that is a good enough dynamic. Instead, you go for the the Superman, like, why am I here? Oh, all my dads have died. One of them walked into a tornado. It, it's just, if that was you, you wouldn't be upset? Well, I'd be upset at my father walking into a tornado. Yeah, that's upsetting. <laughs> well, technically, he didn't walk into it. He kind of it's more like stood there and it took him. <laughs> He's like, no, no. Yes. It's like, I'm, I'm just stick here. I just, I really didn't like the... You can say like, oh, uh, Warner Brothers made some of these bad decisions. But Jack, uh, Jack, <laughs> Zach, Zack Snyder, I think was the one who started the blueprint. And the downfall, I think, really was how he saw these characters versus how the audience who wanted these movies saw these characters and how they were supposed to be played. Yeah, I mean, you can make the same similarities to Star Wars, which is why so many people uh, no, no, hated no, no, no. Uh, we're not doing Last Star Wars. Jedi. No, we're not but... touching on Star Wars. We're not doing Star Wars. No, no, right. no, no. The fandom so, has finally calmed down. Let it be at peace put the dragon back in its cave all right so we'll go back to uh birds of prey real quick um yeah how, I, how what about the rest of the cast what about the rest of the movie because you and mcgregor i loved you mcgregor i liked uh, him as black mask and actually i've never seen that version of black mask because no. anytime i've ever seen black mask it's just this cold uh heartless individual pissed off at bruce wayne and here you have oh he's he's kind of like uh foppish yes a little bit he's a uh, Foppish. Actually, I will have to ask you for the definition of that word before I agree with you. Like a bit of a dandy. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. No. And it kind of makes sense to have a villain like that because you almost have to have somebody. He killed, who's... He killed someone for a snot bubble. Yes. Well, I mean, not killed them, just took off their face. What happens afterwards <laughs> is their own thing. But if you're gonna have a protagonist in this sense like harley quinn you kind of need someone of equal value to bounce off of otherwise mm-hmm. it's gonna be like you know banging against a, a brick wall 
And I feel like, you know, if, yeah, okay, they chose to go with Black Mask. They chose to go with that particular villain as to the whole cavalcade of Gotham uh, anti-heroes. And it works. It works to a degree that they almost have like a uh, a bit of a, a fun appeal to them. So it's almost like you want to see them butting heads because you want to see how one reacts to the other. Whereas if they went with the cold, calculated Black Mask... You already know how he's going to react to our stuff like Harley yeah. Quinn, and it's going to be dull. No, no, and I'm not complaining about that. I thought that I thought that was a good change in character. Yeah, and uh, probably the most uh, ecstatic looking I've seen Ewan McGregor since like Train Spotting. Yeah, and you know I haven't actually seen him much of him uh, other than the Star Wars film. So and seeing him in this was great. Cutting off everything, you're not going to see him for a while. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's again. We're leaving Star Wars alone. We're leaving <laughs> Star Wars alone. Yes. No. No. Not, no. 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 But so, um, with that said, uh, okay, well, what about talk- the birds themselves? All right. So, and I'm bad with names. That's the major problem here. So you have uh, uh, Renee, uh, Renee Montoya, right? Rosie Perez, who. Are you just going to go for the actress's name? Well, yeah, no, no. I mean, Detective Montoya, but I mean, I'm just saying it's Rosie Perez. And I haven't seen Rosie Perez anything significant since, like, Pineapple Express, who, again, she played a cop. So this just seems to be her bag right now. All right. So I travel in and out of New York City every day uh, during the week. And there is a section by Times Square where they just plaster, like, the new great movie out there. And, like, it's a beautiful design they always put up. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, for like the last month, it's been uh, Birds of Prey with Harley on there and Cassandra Cage mm-hmm. and uh, Renee Montoya on there, Rosie Perez. I didn't realize that was uh, Rosie Perez. Yeah, no. I mean, you because don't think that... of it like looking at her, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's just how aging has worked. Like you compare Rosie Perez to like her early 90s days from like White Man Can't Jump to like now. And yeah, it's almost like she's kind of... Uh, dulled in the light in a sense but i really liked her characterization of montoya in the movie you know it's a little more uh you know hard as nail sort of character and i really like that they give her more of a prominent spot than say other versions of montoya have like say in the animated series uh batman the animated series she was just a, a simple patrol woman at that point. She was just a regu- she was just Montoya. That's well, it. there is more to her, and that's there the is thing. yes. She in the comics, she ended up becoming uh, the question, which was a uh, character that uh, Rorschach was based off of. Right, and there is the possibility that uh, towards the end of the movie, you may eventually see her as the question if there was any kind of continuation to the story. So that's nice. I like that they went ahead and they really th- you know f- fleshed that out. Mm-hmm. Um, the other characters wise, um, uh, Black Canary, which uh, ran, oh, I don't know, Journey it, Smollett Bell. It seemed uh, like well, a, I finally got that packed. It so. seemed like a kind of a change in the character for Black Canary. Where, well, actually, I gotta say, like uh, Huntress, Black Canary, and Cassandra Cage, all very different characterizations than in the uh, comic books. Yes, but uh, with Black Canary again, like her father in the comic books was a police detective and this one she's a lounge singer turned into a criminal driver well again also her mom was the one that helped with the police yes but like which kind of plays into one of the origins but the thing is canary is one of those ones that's had multiple origins depending on which version you go with my thing with that is that you've had the lances be such a prominent uh, mainstay in the arrowverse 
that this is quite the 180 from that. You know, the prominent uh, white sisters that went on to become assassins with the, you know, either you know, modified vocals or not. And then... Now, I'm, I know I'm going to get a gas from you, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I have not really watched much TV in the last 10 years. Oh, like, 10 years? My God. Like, I'll, like, so I have not really watched any of the Arrowverse stuff. Okay. So, uh, like, so black, are you talking about Black Canary in there? Are you talking about the Huntress? Um, black Canary, uh, more so. Uh, because uh, the way they did Canary was quite actually different. to ask which version because now there's a Batwoman uh, series. Yes, which uh, which character is playing Batwoman? Because uh, there has been many Batwomen and Batgirls over the years. Oh, um, well, or did I, I put you in the spot of like a show you don't watch? <laughs> well, yeah, because I haven't. The thing is, I don't watch it when it all premieres. I always watch it when it goes on Netflix. Okay. Because that, that's the other thing. I'm not trying to move away from Black Canary, but uh, Huntress and both and Cassandra Cage were actually Batgirl in the comic at one point or another. Right. So it's like, are one of them that same character? Is the Huntress Batwoman in uh, Batwoman? or No. Um, it's... Um, oh, what, what's the... I'm one? all over the place. So I'll, I'll have notes for this podcast on, one I, day. I will bring up a name eventually because <laughs> I'm... Because I can just go on IMDb, because that's the easy part about this. I can just go on IMDb but, and tell you exactly which one it's supposed to be. But again, uh, I, I would say, like, because we've been talking about this maybe 30 minutes now, <laughs> uh, and, and I've been just fumbling along it. One day, one day, notes, one day, notes. But uh, I would say, like, the movie was not bad. It's I would say it's just as good as uh, Suicide Squad. Kate Kane. Kate Kane. But... Uh, but I don't know. Like, like I said, I thought the first half was really the first act was really good, and I think they it, it, there was a dip in quality as the movie went along. But I'm I'm not taken away from it. Uh, if you enjoyed Suicide Squad, I think you will enjoy this one. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, even if you didn't enjoy Suicide Squad, I think you can enjoy this one because uh, again, yes, very female centric kind of movie. Um, I do like how they showcased every, all the main characters to the best extent they could. I do think. They could have gone a little deeper with Huntress, with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's version, because mm-hmm. she is kind of badass, but there's very little to her, with the exception of the backstory that they give about right. her and you know being a Burton Nelly. Well, I think they that. were they were trying to make her a bait and switch, where she was supposed to be this real quiet, cool character, and then like halfway through the movie, you learn a little more about her. It's like, ah, eh, she's a little more of a dork than you think. Yeah, <laughs> she really is. I, I, she's almost like Drax to an extent yes. in the way she works with well, the others. Yeah, it's like she's a super. She's a super assassin. She is uh, not someone you want to screw with, but she is a bit of a dork outside of all her uh, assassin skills. Yeah, so socially, she's inept. Yes, <laughs> I. They call me what, the Huntress. Which no, could, actually, they, they call you something so, else. They could have played that off so much more. They really could have, and it would have been funny as hell just seeing her being like, you know, no, I am tough. Uh, the, mm, you know, <laughs> But, but again, it, it I I think it was good, but I think it could have it could have been in the oven a little bit longer. Yeah, it's not something you shouldn't see. It definitely is something you should see. Um, I, I would even say go ahead and see it in theaters. You know, it's worth the price of admission at least. That but is, is it going to set the world on fire like the other DC movies have? Probably not. And that is my one regret. And I'm going to say this to you people now. Uh, 
if you're going to see any movie, whether it's good or bad, always see it on a Friday night with a packed house because even if the movie is awful, you're going to probably enjoy it just because of the audience. I have made the mistake of the last few movies I've gone to see with moments that I knew should have got a roar from the crowd. I've seen this in a dine-in theater with a, with people just drinking beer and eating food and like some big scene comes up like, oh yeah, and everyone's like, oh. And just like... Yeah, no, even I could tell you, don't go to the dine-in yeah. theater for something like go, that. Go to for a, my own personal reasons, of course. But go to a real theater with a packed house, and I guarantee you, I'm lying. You, I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but you will most likely enjoy it. Yes, if you if you don't enjoy it, JT will give you your money back. That is his guarantee. <laughs> I will give you the same amount of money I'm giving you right now. Zero dollars. <laughs> and for a limited time offer, I'll triple it. You're so generous. <laughs> All, right, All right. So movies aside, getting into television yes. right now. Uh, yes. BoJack Horseman uh, has ended its, what, sixth season run. Yes. Uh, finally, for good. It is done. And I have to say, I'd say some of the more powerful episodes of the entire series has happened in season six. So mm-hmm. the send-off that they've given it. I'm not upset by. I, I think they went ahead and they ended it as best they could without there being like... Oh, also, for those of you who haven't seen these final season and the final episodes, there is also going to be spoilers in this too. You know, yes. It's spoilers all around. Um, I do like that they did this without actually killing him because that... The the whole vagueness of it... Of you where didn't to go give him a here. chance to shut off the audio. It's like spoilers. Yeah, so he didn't die. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. How much of a beep, 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 give it, give truck like, backing up do you have to do? Seconds. It's like, it's, it's been out for two weeks. It's been out longer than Birds of Prey was, all right? There's shows on Netflix I've been wanting to watch for two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it your fault for not being committed to the framework that Netflix has presented you with everything possible. I, I, I'm spending s- all of its money going into bankruptcy possibly one day. <laughs> And you're not even watching the content. By the way, that will be a new segment coming to the JT and Big O podcast soon. When the hell did Netflix make that? No, I'm not joking. That is a segment I'm creating because there are so many shows on that channel that are like, when the hell did they make that? Like one of my favorite series I discovered by mistake. Uh, I'll get right back into BoJack Horseman, but I just want to go off on this real fast. Uh, so see, now this is the break for the spoilers. Yes, this is the break for the spoilers. <laughs> oh, God. So there is a, a a show called Altered Carbon, which is one of my favorite shows. And I discovered it by mistake on there. I'm like, oh, they got a new show. And it was like so well made. It felt like a TV version of Blade Runner with uh, with the stylization of it. And then I didn't hear anything about season two. I'm like, okay, I guess it was canceled. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks ago, I heard, oh, well, season uh, two is going to be premiering on uh, February 14th. I'm like... I didn't even know you approved a season two. Like, when did this happen? They just make stuff. They don't advertise it. They don't tell you about it. It's just like, boom, there's a show. Watch it. No, sometimes (laughs) they'll have things, like, more so they'll have things posted on, like, the actual series page where it's like, 
uh, another season is coming or been yeah, renewed no, or premiering something no or other. No real advertisement outside of that. Uh, well, Netflix the, itself doesn't do much advertisement per se. I mean, they well, they're, they're not very advertiser to. friendly. Period. So, as you as you alluded to, at some point they're going to need to start doing some of this stuff, or they're going to go to bankruptcy. It's like you're not the only game town anymore. Netflix, you can't be. Uh, you can't be spending all that money, and eventually none of us are going to want to play twelve ninety nine a month for all that either. Right. Well, that would mean that was the thing. I think the fact that they thought they were the only game in town, and so because they only were the main streaming that you'd go to, anything new you'd see while you were on Netflix. You wouldn't have to see it outside of it. But now you do. But speaking of which, where they'll spend so much money, they'll uh, they'll give uh, President Obama, former President Obama, a TV show for a million dollars, or what, was it a million dollars, or was it more than that? Oh, I don't know. I I still haven't I even know. watched Letterman, so I don't even know what his show is going to be like. Oh, uh, that's right. They gave David Letterman a whole bunch of money for his new show. They gave uh, we talked about this last week. With Chelsea Scorsese. Handler had her show on yeah. there for a while. Uh, Michelle Wolf had a show. Hassan Minaj they, still has a show. But it's it's not even just giving people shows. I'm saying they're just spending a lot of money on these shows. Like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle is probably one of the more famous cases of sixty million dollars for for comedy specials. Yeah, but they were banger comedy. They shows. They were banger comedy specials. But who else can make sixty million dollars for four comedy specials? Who else is bringing in that many viewers? What, did he bring in that many viewers? Did everyone like, oh, Dave Chappelle's back. I got to get that subscription. Well, I mean, whenever Dave Chappelle has popped up, whether it was SNL or whether it's doing these things, it's but even Dave Chappelle so himself, it brings eyes to but it. But even Dave Chappelle himself said, like, I would have done it for $20 million. <laughs> Yeah, he would have because so he's, he's not about that limelight. But, you know. But, again, that's uh, that's uh, Netflix not spending more than they need to on stuff. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the point I'm trying to get at there. But going back in the other direction, now you have – bojack horseman which has been one of the most popular series since netflix really started creating its own content see i'll correct you there i don't know if uh, bojack horseman was necessarily popular critically acclaimed and revered yes but as far as popular like i'd say it was popular i I wouldn't say like you know anybody that's got a netflix account has been watching it it's not like stranger things it's not like uh Back uh, Orange is the New Black. It was one of those flagship shows. I mean, I can only really speak for myself, but you know, this was one of the two or three series that made me keep coming back to Netflix. I always was paying attention to when a new season came out, right? And you know, from what I heard, you know, you're talking about critically acclaimed. I figured it was also a popular show too that people wanted to watch. So you're saying it didn't have a strong audience? I'd say it had a loyal fan base. Yes, but in comparison to other shows that on Netflix that have had uh, mass appeal, I don't think it played in like that. And I think that's probably why you didn't have to worry so much about like when the season came out because the season would come out and that would be it. All right, I'm going to have to look into that one because I, I, don't, I don't fully go with that. I believe it had a strong audience. But, you know, at the same time, uh, one of the reasons to bring this up is uh, – there was a rumor a while back that the reason that this was canceled, along with another show, which, uh, give me two seconds to look this up. Actually, Ah, crap, I didn't put it here. <laughs> oh. Uh, Tuka, and, uh, Tuka and Birdie, which was another show produced by the same studio, yes. were both canceled around the same time. Right, and even and Tuka and Birdie was also critically acclaimed and had a strong following. Right, but both shows were canceled at the same time, and then it came out that like, well, you know, the studio just unionized. 
Uh, so the rumor has been stirring around that that was the reason for the cancellation. Now, I have read some other things and showing that it might not be true. Uh, there's been statements that there ha- the other animations that are done on Netflix are also unionized. So it wouldn't make sense that those companies are using a union. But the reason that this show was canceled is because they are now also part of the union. Well, and- there's also the argument that I think... In regards to Netflix, they are trying to veer their animation department in different directions. Uh, one thing is they're definitely trying to lean more on original anime. They're definitely trying to go down with... Original the, anime? Yes. Like Netflix originals anime shows. So I think they're trying to lean some of it more into that direction where it has Well, I don't like even that- think they're... Pro- I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I don't think they're actually producing those shows. I think they're just doing what Funimation does and... They're bringing them into Netflix and dubbing them. If it says Netflix original, that's all they're going to promote it as. If it <laughs> doesn't matter if they're drawing it hand to hand themselves or if they're simply like working in conjunction with someone else, it says Netflix original. That's all it says. Yes. But they're leaning on that. Plus, they also have the animation agreement with uh, DreamWorks where mm-hmm. they've sponsored a lot of their shows. And that's a, more of a built in audience for that kind of content, even if it's. Uh, something silly like uh, what? Um, what was the one show they had? Uh, the only thing I remember from Mr. Uh, Peabody and Sherman. Uh, uh, they had a show for that. I tried watching that. I, I couldn't get into it. No. And even then, uh, I think the the newest animated uh, series they have for kids that came out was Fast and Furious. Now has a kid oriented animated show. Uh, yes. Well, you know what? If RoboCop back in the day had a kid show and so many in uh, Rambo had a kid show. I could see Fast and Furious. At least those actually a, use the actual show. characters of Rambo and RoboCop. There's, there's there's nobody from the original movie series in this damn thing. It's just kids really? in cars. Too too expensive to uh, get the lookalike of Vin Diesel in there. Oh, you mean John Cena? <laughs> do 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 do. The brother. It's your brother that we haven't talked about in twenty years of these goddamn movies. Well, that's because you couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you see me now? Do 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 do. Can you uh, can you see the card rising by? Or no, invisible. All right, <laughs> let, let, let's all touch right. on uh, BoJack, and then we'll move on to these uh, other, other fine subjects. Now, as far as BoJack is concerned, like I said, I think the way they ended it, regardless of whatever reasons they did end it for, very nicely done. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoyed uh, everything kind of coming to a head. Very little. Um, what you call it? Um, loose ends tied up on everything. There's certainly a vagueness in the ending as to where people and things will go from here on out, especially once Bojack gets out of jail. Mm-hmm. But as far as everyone in their own little space right now and how things kind of tied up nicely for most of them. That that was like cathartic for me. I really felt like you know it finally came to a head where it's not perfect, but it's as good as you're probably going to be able to get under these circumstances. I I'm a sucker for uh, happy endings, and it, I'm just gonna say like I wasn't completely satisfied with it, but but I think it was a good ending for that series because that is the series in a nutshell. Um, I, we won't go into detail. I know we said spoilers, but we won't go into detail about the the episodes. If if you've ever watched BoJack Horseman, 
it is Bojack Horseman. And it's just Bojack the whole way through, which is he's trying to improve his life, but he's Bojack, so he just keeps fucking it up all over again. Right. In fact, it, like <laughs> that one, that's, uh, I forget what episode number it was, but it was the one where like kind of the shoe dropped on, uh, on Sarah Lynn, which basically if you saw the first half of the season, you know, it kind of ended on that cliffhanger of there were two reporters that were, uh, investigating Sarah Lynn and her death and, uh, Bojack's involvement in it. Uh, so there's the episode where it kind of drops and they know like, okay, it's going to get out there and stuff. So Bojack goes out on TV to fix it. And the next scene, because of how like uh, serious is and stuff, you kind of get that feeling. If you know Twist, you're like, "Oh, everything's gonna work out for him," and but, it does. And, and for but a it second, work, but it works out way too well. Like to the point that it starts building up his ego. Like, "Ooh, I'm a better person than I thought." Like, no, no, you're not. You're you're still a god awful person, and you and got away is, with it. Yeah, and Princess Carolyn, instead of like don't saying, "No, it. don't do it, don't do it, don't do it," it's like, "Ah, you'll do what you want." Yep, and he did it, and then he was the world's most hated man. <laughs> yeah. it, it could go into a little more detail. Of course, of a different color, there. if you will. I, I won't. I know I spoiled a little bit for you there, but there's still a lot more to it, and it's it's still very Bo Jackie, if I can say that. Bo Jackie, like, yeah, Bo Jackie. That sounded awful. I, I want to oh. take that back. Uh, I, it, I it was horse manic. You know, it's like. I no. feel like if if they continued the series where they ended in that second to last episode, that would have been the season finale, and because there was plenty to go to, like that last episode was kind of wrapping up what season seven I think would have been. Well, I mean, because that I feels like because it, you know they they mentioned a whole bunch of different plot lines in episode in the the final episode that feels like that could have been all of season seven. That probably was where they're going to go with it. But instead, they just kind of condensed it real fast and went, okay, and now we're going to kind of cut it off here because the message we're trying to give you is life has no meaning except to just keep living. A, a, a nihilistic view, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more the fact that you could have easily gone ahead and stretched out that whole final episode if you really wanted to, but I think the idea of it is it was just more of the same at that sense. You know, yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter was still Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, and Princess Carolyn uh, was probably still going to be her, except you know, now she has a husband, but that I, sort of stuff. I think that's the point. Like, uh, you saw all this character development over the years, but then you realize, like, no, none of these characters have ever truly developed. They're the same people. They just have their ups and downs. Sometimes they're in a positive uh, uh, uphill, and then sometimes they're straight downhill. I'd say there's some development in many of them. Maybe not so much in Todd, but uh, certainly uh, Princess Carolyn, I'd say, uh, matured and realized that uh, the career wasn't everything, mm-hmm. you know, and started being more about the people around her and her own future as a, a woman as opposed to just being an agent. But, you know, she keeps jumping off the deep end, too. Even once she had her own company and career and everything's working out correctly, she did have that split second where she's like, ooh, I can run my own studio. So, you know, that's in her, too, that if the right offer comes around, like, she can screw everything right back up, too, because she's still the same person. But she has now support and help and a better sense of how to arrange She does, but that... Thank God for Jonah. But that's what I'm saying. It's just Tongue-in-cheek joke there. It's like that things are changing. Uh, it's not like they're the same exact person, mm-hmm. 
but inside they 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 don't change. They're well, still going to react to things are. the same way. You know, these people know who they are. They know what they are. They know their flaws. It's just a matter of being able to work at it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think um, you know the the scene with Bojack and uh, Todd on the beach really exemplified that. In the last yeah, no, I saw yeah. it. I'm I'm waiting for you to explain. No, I, I mean that's what it was. I mean, it, I remember. I hate re-watching other reviews and then giving my review because I'm just stealing that. You know what? I'm not going to... I was going to say someone else's <laughs> review, but no. I... Listen, it's not my cup of tea, but if it were just at the end of a uh, a season, I would have loved it because it would have just enticed me to watch more to see where it develops the next season. As like an ending ending, I'm not satisfied, but I, again, I feel like that's... That's what BoJack Horseman was. It was it was never about a total positive development. It was sort of the ups and downs of life, and it kind of ended in a in a note of, okay, well, this is this is where this chapter kind of ends, and then we move on. And to be fair, I would say that probably you and I maybe have a little bit of a stronger stake in the story of it all because we, being people in the entertainment industry, seeing the kinds of stuff that people in that industry can go through and how universal it is, I think uh, also has a, a nice feeling to it. You know, knowing that regardless of, you know, whatever kind of career you want to have, whatever kind of fame you want to go towards, whatever kind of uh, legacy you want to leave, uh, especially whether it be uh, media-oriented, think- these sort of trappings are going to happen to you regardless. Yeah, and I think that's the point of the series was the saying like, "Don't try to leave a legacy." Like that's that's just a pointless endeavor. Like just live your life. That that's the message I got from the show, because that's what they all were keep like. This is my legacy. This is what I'm going to remember for. Blah blah blah. And it just kind of crumbles in their hands. The the plans of mice and men. Right. So again, it's the message I got from it wasn't even like towards it being like towards the industry at all. It was just. You know, live no, your but life. I mean, it's a helpful message for any of us that are doing that, that do want to go ahead and try to build something, create something, and how that's necessarily going to be left on the table once we're no longer at the table ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's something to keep in mind, something to remember, something to focus on in the back of your mind, in a sense. Just remember, as Louis C.K. once told to his daughter, one day you'll be dead and the sun will explode. Is Louis C.K. really the person <laughs> we want to reference? I. You know, just just as they've uh, I've said with Chris Benoit, you know, you can like the performer, Is but Chris hate the Benoit person. someone we want to reference? <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it in this way: there's there's people that like you know what they're they're an awful human being, but once in a while they make a good point. As Bill Cosby once said, no, no, no. Bill Cosby's had some good No, points. we're not going there, no. This, this is, is, not, he, is he a good human being? Not, no, none of this is sponsored not. by the Weinstein Company, I should mention. But, um, Actually, that's the only one I don't have a positive for, other than the fact that we wouldn't have had Clerks without Harvey Weinstein. Or The Matrix. Or the Ma- oh, that's Frank. Damn it. Anyway. All right. So, m- moving away from a very touchy subject <laughs> with touchy people. Literally, touchy people. Um, wrestling. Wrestling. Let's let's get to wrestling. Where, well, well I was talking about Chris Benoit. <laughs> people that are alive. Okay. Okay. So... Something I wanted to mention. Yes. Uh, Goldberg is coming back to the WWE once again mm-hmm. for the umpteenth time uh, because he obviously wasn't satisfied with his uh, last go around. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yes, paycheck. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and he is going to be going to Super Showdown uh, over in Saudi Arabia to take on the Universal Champion, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. Mm-hmm. Now, considering the last time Goldberg was in Saudi Arabia and took on someone with uh, questionable powers. Question- oh, yeah. Do we have any high hopes for this match? Or is this going to be one of those things that is going to crumble and burn and possibly lower the stock of the Universal Champion? Who right now is probably one of the few draws that the company has. I feel if they were going to screw up... Uh, I don't think this is going to screw up Bray Wyatt. I'm going to tell you why. Because they've already done enough damage to him at the start oh, that I don't think Goldberg's going to bring him down. So, unless, so unless like you can't break dust, basically. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying... like No, no, no. I'm just saying like you've already put the cracks. I don't think this one's going to hit... I don't think this one is going to hit hard enough to create a bigger crack. Okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. But... Um, Here's the thing. Now, I get that the Saudi Arabia shows, whether it be uh, Super Showdown or Crown Jewel or Greatest Royal Rumble, all these things are pretty much to go ahead and give the the gift of WWE to a country, uh, to a whole area of the world that normally doesn't get this stuff live. And I can understand that. You know, there's, there's a, a wellspring of fandom in a part of the world that they've never really been able to go to, with the exception of the tribute to the troops. And even then, that was for uh, our guys, not their guys. And, you know, politics and money, blood money and everything aside, you can't blame that on the fans that want to see these shows. But the fans, I guess, are getting these shows where it's kind of like, oh, you guys missed out on all these live events from, like, years gone by, so we're bringing those people back so this way you can get your first taste. I don't necessarily like that idea only because it's dangerous and there's enough people that have shown that okay we've gone ahead we've done it we don't have to go back two or three times every single year now because it's created more problems than it has well there's a few things there um first off the reason they keep going back is because it's a 10-year deal yeah so they're kind of stuck into it but yeah you know Obviously, there were issues with the deal last year mm-hmm. uh, when they went down for Crown Jewel, which, of course, made uh, some people not – well, not, I don't want to say even missed the boat because it wasn't boats, but they missed the planes. Lord knows they missed the planes. Well, I'll say this. Um, if – I work in New York City. It's, you can say it's probably the biggest target of if there's ever a terrorist attack in our country. Yes, if, Been there, done that, unfortunately. If there's ever a big threat, you know, it's my decision to say to my company, the co- the people I work for, I'm not coming in today. You can fire me for it, but i rather protect my life. And the same thing can be said for these professional wrestlers, too. You can evaluate the situation and go, is this job worth me dying for? And that's the decision they make. And there have been some that have objected to going over, yes. and that's fine. Uh, that that's perfect. I'm not necessarily saying dangerous in the sense of you know whether or not a missile may inexplicably hit someplace it shouldn't. I'm saying it's dangerous for the wrestlers who have been brought back into the fold to still be 
getting utilized in such oh, a way. Oh, you're talking about old, older wrestlers yes. who can't really... Because, well, I mean, there, there's that's been... That, well, that's up to them, too. On. Well, there's this there's, there's been this take lately about uh, bringing people back almost from the grave, in a sense. Well, uh, again, Daniel Bryan, remember Edge. what I was saying about uh, Birds of Prey, that I'm not their audience. Technically, this show is... We're not their audience. There's True. It's not but, made for Americans, Canadians, North Americans, etc. It's just made for Saudi Arabia. They put it on the network just because it's like, hey, some people might want to watch this, so here you go. Though, I guess uh, there is some argument to say about that, considering the fact that the Universal title did change at the last show. Mm -hmm. But still, it's it's like this is what they're asking for, and they're the ones paying the the buttload of money to the WWE. So it's like, I can kind of understand why they're doing it. These wrestlers don't need to come back. They can evaluate their... Does someone have to go up to them and say, no, you dumb ass... I'm trying not to curse on the podcast. I'm limiting myself. Are, are we rated? Like, do we, do we have that uh, issue? Uh, I, we do not have that issue, but, you know, they are cracking down on certain things. So I do watch my language a little bit. Mother. Okay, yeah. fine. But it's just, you know, hey, they're offering them a ton of money and these guys are going. All right. Hey, Ric Flair's the one who wanted to die in the ring at one point in his career. He hasn't yet? He's not dead yet, but he's come close many times. I'm starting to think he's more machine than man, to be honest. like The, the, the amount of blood that comes from his head whenever he cuts, and it's like that crimson mask that comes over him, and his hair goes pink like he's using manic panic. And it's just How is he not? If you look back at his career, this man was in a helicopter crash and survived. Uh, d- 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 Careful with the helicopter stuff. We're still in the Kobe instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> there, there's some there's some things and hey, all I'm saying is Ric Flair survived a helicopter crash. Woo. Woo. Oh boy, you had to tack on the woo. Why did you tack on the woo? But <sighs> anyway, um so yeah, this we're talking about the Saudi Arabia show. I I, I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean It's like I don't care about Bill Goldberg. I don't think it's gonna hurt Bray Wyatt. And I'm not going to really watch the show because it's on WWE Network at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Okay, but how do you feel about uh, le- leading away from Super Showdown, but uh, also staying on the topic of people being brought back from beyond the grave? Edge. Ha- Edge coming back at the Royal Rumble last month um, he- after having so much spine surgery. It's like there were, it was worse than, I'd say, what uh, Daniel Bryan was afflicted with. Well, I mean, he's been doing, he's been healing up for nine years. He's been evaluated by multiple doctors. And uh, everything that they've told him is you can come back. So it's not like they just kept begging Edge for nine years. Come back, Edge. Come back, Edge. It was Edge evaluating himself and going, yeah, I could do this. I would like to do one more decent run. And I have, if if his doctors are saying it's okay and he thinks he's good enough, because he was the one who was smart enough to go like, Man, I, I shouldn't do this anymore. If he's himself thinking that he can handle this, God bless him. The only thing I think, and uh, I should point out, like I, I listen to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast once in a while, and Oy. and he's a terrible individual. I'm just going to start off with saying that he is yeah. a terrible individual. Not, not not the best person in the world. 
the the only thing and I remember someone I don't remember who said this to me, but someone years ago said to me when he was booking for TNA, it's like, well, at least his storylines make sense. And that's the only thing I gather from him is storylines making sense. Now, why am I bringing this all up? Because the very next night after the Royal Rumble, two weeks back, Edge is comes out at the end of the show and he's attacked by Randy Orton. Randy Orton kind of comes out there as a friend first, then attacks him with an RKO. Now, what, what's Edge's problem? He has a bad neck. What does Randy Orton do? He gives him an RKO, which is also known as a three-quarter neckbreaker. That, to do that to Edge and just have Edge laid out flat and then Randy Orton walk away, that is good enough of a storyline. But you have a man who's already known to have a major problem and everyone's already worried about, and you have to go to the point of pretty much bashing his brains in for 10 minutes with no one wanting to come out to help. With a concerto, no less. Yeah. It's just, it, it's a story that makes no sense. It's, it's, it's excessive. Yes. Almost grossly excessive. And I moved away from your subject again about professional wrestlers coming back with major injuries. But I just wanted to get that off my chest because this is why I don't really watch professional wrestling on a regular basis anymore. Shit don't make sense. I just cursed. Yeah. Ha! Yeah. But but you're gonna watch WrestleMania anyways, regardless. So of- that's that's the only ones though. I watch Royal Rumble. I watch WrestleMania. I don't really watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. I don't really watch the other pay per views. Which is also kind of part of the problem that I feel like they need to go ahead and bring these people back for name recognition because WWE is not doing so well financially lately. I mean, just this past week, they the stock dropped to the point where they lost a billion dollars. Well. And that, and that had nothing to do with storylines and even... Uh, no, but I mean, I'm saying that about the brand do- as a whole, content as a whole. Well, no, and it has nothing to do with the content either. It had it's, it was all about the people running the company. Basically, uh, I, and I've worked kind of in finance now for like the last three years. How does someone who works in TV work in finance? That's for you to figure out. Well, we but- already discussed. <laughs> you have your degree, yes. Yeah. But uh, basically, what these companies are looking for is the leadership. So it's like, well, the show has sucked for 10 years or so, and it's, but it's been making a ton of money over like the last three or so. Well, these two people have been in charge of the company, co-presidents. Um, I can't think of their names at the moment. Um, it was the woman and the guy with the big forehead. Yes. But apparently they thought they had strong leadership and as long as they were running the company that the WWE was something to invest in. And when Vince abruptly fired both of them, like not just one, but both of them, that's when they were like, ooh, that's not good. Yeah, but even before that, uh, there were still issues because just recently the the fourth quarter turnout came out Mm -hmm. and it shows that WWE has been dipping everywhere. You know, that's why they cut yeah, they, back on the house shows. Yes. That's why they're talking about possibly going back to pay-per-view for the uh, the big events, possibly starting with WrestleMania as early well, as no, that. Well, no, no, no. The WrestleMania is not going to pay-per-view. They're tr- trying to sell the rights to WrestleMania to Fox to air. Like, that's a, another option, like, the, but that's not uh, the like, end-all be-all. Which, if you try to air WrestleMania like it's a Super Bowl, you could make probably a ton of money off of that. You could, but that's usually the kind of thing where you need, like, I'd say, more lead-up than they have now. Because really, at this point, if they go ahead and enact that, they're really just going to have the month of March to build that up. 
You know what? That one part of me makes it kind of happy to do that because it means that I have to shrink it back down to a three to four hour show instead of seven hours. Like oh, you, God. you and I were sitting in a bar for WrestleMania, and we sat there from five p.m. to eleven p.m. at night, six hours actually, watching that damn show. It was way too long. Could you imagine if we were up at uh, MetLife Stadium like everyone else was? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I could imagine it because I've done that for WrestleMania 29. Yes. But uh, no. And even then, it wasn't uh, probably as bad. I don't think the show was as long at that time because they, they even cut off some of the pre-show and just did like, you know, oh, sorry, your match is canceled, so you'll see it on Monday. No, no, no. But, uh, but stay on point. Like, yeah, I think I, I would like it to move to Fox because I think yeah, the, uh, the reins will have to be pulled in if they do something like that. Also, I don't want to go back to pay per view because I'm not paying sixty bucks for a pay per view. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I think, they'll I think do what they, they have to. I think it. if they move these shows back to the pay per view, they're going to find there's a lot less people watching these shows now because no one really wants to watch them anymore. There's no, but they'll do what they, they have to to get their money back. Unfortunately, and if they're going to do it, people are going to pay for WrestleMania. I'm not saying they're going to pay for Hell in a Cell. I'm not saying they're going to pay for Extreme Rules like that. But if you're going to do it, it's going to be for WrestleMania. Yeah, they'll do it for WrestleMania and they'll do it for Royal Rumble. Because Even again, uh, SummerSlam, if they have to. Maybe SummerSlam. But I mean, like, the and Money in the Bank used to be good. I don't think I get too excited for Money in the Bank anymore. Well, no. The, the thing with the gimmick matches. But, uh, that's, but no. that's the thing, too. It's like, do you think about, like, I used to know the names of all the pay-per-views. And I used to know the main events of all the pay-per-views. Because every pay-per-view, even though it was once a month, they were exciting. I couldn't tell you anymore what's what events are going on or who main evented what. None of them are no none of them appeal to me. I and I'm not like every fan out there. There are probably people who are still going to buy these events if they go back to pay per view. But I, I could be wrong. You couldn't disagree with me. I don't think that's going to be a majority. I think that's if they go back to pay per view, that's when they're going to see how much of their audience they probably lost. <sighs> It would be like a, a bit of a measuring stick, yes, I, I, if they go that route. But, uh, I mean, they've got to do something because, I mean, the fact that they've already cut down so much, uh, they really need to trim the fat. Do you think maybe they, they put themselves in a hole they can't dig themselves out of? I mean, giving every one of these wrestlers, even ones they don't need, five-year contracts. And in addition to that, uh, Vince McMahon... And I've been told that uh, XFL is separate from the oh, uh, that's WWE. Oh, uh, that's a whole but other issue. it's been said that that's going to lose somewhere around $334 million over the next three years. Quite possibly. And considering there's also the legal issue there that they're being sued right now because they believe, or someone believes, that funds from WWE are going to be used for the XFL, which is in technical breach of contract to the stockholders. Mm-hmm. And knowing Vince, yeah, he'll pool whatever money he can to make this fever dream of his happen. So I, I'm not going to say Vince is going to do anything illegal for that because that's... that's oh, some, like Vince has never done anything illegal. He, he, ha- he has, but I'm just saying uh, that might be a, a touch too far. And again, I look at things both fiscally and morally... It's not going to be the worst thing morally he's ever done, but it's not the worst thing fiscal. It's the worst thing fiscally he could ever do because people attack you more for the money than hurting people. But the <laughs> thing is, there are more eyes on him now than there were back in like the early two thousands or the nineties. I well, I guess we'll see because it's it's just 
again, you know, someone else said this, like, how is AEW uh, doing so well against WWE? Because they're not really putting out a strong product. But the reason is because WWE is also really not putting out a strong product. Right. Like, at this point, you look at, like, the Wednesday Night War, like, they were supposed to be having, whether it, when it's uh, AEW Dynamite on uh, Turner's Network versus uh, USA's NXT, mm-hmm. which, you know, some would argue was a better show back when it was just one hour on the network. Yes. Um, a lot of people are saying that. Actually. Yeah, to a degree, they're almost like uh, two sides of the same coin, really. Uh, you can't say one's really doing better than the other, but the fact is you have an established version of a show uh, with a major uh, brand behind it versus this new upstart, and they're still equal. You know, that's where AEW is really shining. Even if it is technically beating them in the ratings, the real win is that you have these upstarts coming in and they're playing with the big boys, and right now they're on the same field and it's neck and neck. It shouldn't have been neck and neck. WWE, with all of its bluster, can't get past the new kids. And they're, I, I don't think they're doing good. I, this comes from someone who paid a, a good amount of money to go to All Out and brought my friend along over here. It was a good show. I did enjoy. All Out was really good. But I feel like their quality has dipped a lot since then. And I have not really... Like, I turned on uh, Wednesday show. This is the first time I've watched uh, Dynamite uh actually since it debuted because i haven't had the time and i turned it off after 20 minutes i'm just like i don't know what's going on they're all over the place even the announcers it's like they're not none of the announcers are on the same page which can well J- really throw everything jr off. isn't uh, jr isn't what jr used to be i'll say that <laughs> well i feel like no <laughs> one's got some problems i feel like no well i feel like a he doesn't like the show and b for him it's like goldberg coming back it's a paycheck I feel. yeah I, I feel like he was more excited coming in yeah. thinking like, oh, it was going to be this show and I'm going to be a senior advisor. I could do this. And I think now he's looking at it and go like, uh, I don't think they really no. listen to me. No, the, and... the, the best announcer they have right now is Excalibur, as far as I'm concerned. I, You know what? He, no. He's a nice, fresh face, even though he has a mask on. Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm not big. I was I kind of liked Xavier, uh, Excalibur at the Xavier. beginning. <laughs> I kind of liked Excalibur at the beginning, but uh, as time went on, I kind of, kind of getting turned off by him a little bit yeah i know i'm all over the place but i'm surprising enough i kind of like uh tony stefani like and he's a voice of my childhood because i watched wcw and yeah but you know they always everyone gave uh him uh flack for uh being like oh you're that lousy wcw announcer and i'm like i don't know but he's like he's side by side with jim ross and he's doing a lot better than Jim Ross. Right, but now we'll be getting Taz eventually, I'm sure, at some point. We'll see. I, I, know, that, I know they hired him, but I don't know if they're actually going to put him in a commentary. They've just kind of been using behind the scenes. They're, well, they, they also I, have the second what? show that they're going to be doing, too. You know so what? they may be using him for that. There are so many things that I can say about AEW, but let's save that for next week. And I'll... I'll we can go. We could do a deep dive on AEW and the world of professional wrestling, but right now let's go. Let's go back to this real quick because we got to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Uh, so, oh yeah, there's a stopwatch. Yeah. Right. So Goldberg and Bray Wyatt. Final thoughts. <sighs> eh, to paraphrase um, any man in a war, I fear for all humanity. <laughs> And like most people who have been fearing about war happening in modern times, 
It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> that that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You, and then you, when it does, you take it one day at a time, and when it happens, it happens. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do about it. Uh, God, what were you and Hiroshima hit? God, <laughs> Bojack Horseman. Then nothing matters until anyway. the bomb drops. Yeah, that's good. All right, uh, I did want to touch on this subject, and um, let's give it. Let's say give it three or four minutes here, just real quick. Okay, real quick. Uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Uh, now, they announced a few days ago that they, and as of the taping here, it was a few days ago, that they are officially done. So the last saga they did, the Cell Saga, is the final one. So just a backtrack for those who don't know what Dragon Ball Z abridged is. Basically, maybe 12 years ago, I think at this point, 13 years ago, a, uh, a group of... Uh, friends and voice actors uh amateurs at the time decided to get together and they were going to redub dragon ball z pretty much they took it they re-edited it they turned it into a bit more of a comedy than it even was before uh, with their own take on it and their own voice uh, acting abilities and it became this real hit series on youtube which is still available if you look uh search for team four star uh it was to me, a great series. I watched that through throughout its entire run since I had discovered it. I love that series. It's it somehow, even though it was a parody, it somehow made Dragon Ball Z better. Like because Dragon Ball Z was so stretched out at times by shrinking it down and cutting it up and like giving a little more to some characters who kind of sucked in the original series. I I felt it was it was better than Dragon Ball Z the original in my opinion. But, you know, they, they ended it. They decided to end it at the Cell Saga, which if anyone ever watched Dragon Ball Z, you know that's where Dragon Ball Z should have ended itself. So I think this was a good place to end it. And they ended it really well. They like, Did you see the ending of Dragon Ball uh, Z, the, the Cell Saga ending? Yeah, when uh, Gohan actually steps up and kills Cell. Yeah, they, they wrapped it up very, very well. Um, so I, I'm happy. Like, it's a little sad that they uh, ended, but I was kind of hoping they ended it here anyway. I'm I'm happy with this, but I guess it, it's an end of, it's an end of period of time. And to those guys, I hope uh, I wish them the best in the future. Yeah, see, I can't say that I've ever watched it. Mm-hmm. Never watched Dragon Ball Z Bridge. I know Dragon Ball Z enough. I I know the Cell Saga. I know the Boo Saga that they would have been doing next. Um, but if nothing else, I do understand the idea of possible burnout, yeah. which uh, is something that uh, you see a more prevalent now than before with youtubers how they'll go ahead and they'll be doing the same thing for you know years on end because you know that's the content that's the channel that's what you have to provide and sooner or later you just get taxed by it and obviously they've been doing it for over a decade uh there was uh, already some uh, trial separation between uh, some of the members in order to get things finalized with uh, you know uh, finishing up whatever they were doing at the moment so I'm not surprised that they've gone ahead and stopped. And Lord knows, I'm sure they probably have other things that they want to work on. It, it becomes that point where you work so much with one thing on YouTube. And that's what you're known for. That's your mm-hmm. channel. That's your audience. That's what you draw in with. That, God forbid, you go ahead and try to do something different. Because then when you have to do something different, then the thing that everyone became loyal for starts to wane a bit. So it's either do you tax yourself and try to make both things equal or do you give up the ghost on one of them? 
And, you know, if they're going to go ahead and end it, at least they ended it on a point that they're all satisfied with. It's not yes. something that uh, became something that uh, they felt like, oh, we got to do it now. Stop. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. You know, we can't finish. You know, they did what they had to do and they're satisfied with it. And also the way YouTube is now, you know, probably better to get out while the getting's good. Yeah, it's it's actually it's we we you and I, my friend, we entered the podcast uh, environment at the right time where all these people are starting to suffer from online media. <laughs> yeah, so we're fresh. Yeah. I, it's it is tough. I know even uh, uh, college humor just cut back a lot too. So uh, yeah, well, I mean they have their dropout thing where they're doing a lot more of their programming, but that's right? But be like but that sponsored. that's a much smaller and it involves a lot smaller of a crew, and they let Dorkly go of a lot too. more people. Yeah, Dorkly is going to be coming back on its animation. Uh, so, they even put out a a video which like this might be the end of Dorkly. But uh, and again, these are things that I think we should address at a later time because there's a lot of stuff that we're touching upon that I think we could do a deep dive on. Which, um, of course, you can also see this on YouTube uh, eventually. Eventually. <laughs> I, you know, my, my original plan for the, all this stuff on YouTube was like, okay, well, we're going to talk about these things and then I'm going to cut them up. And even like I'm, I'm like mentally putting everything from this episode in my head. We were are so all over the place there is no way i can cut up this episode into subjects wrestling yeah, birds of prey a jack bojack horseman a wrestling yeah. we went all over the place with birds of prey we spoke for 30 minutes and i think we at one point we went to star wars and we went to, no we, we, and we went to the full things. dc we, we universe made, we made little snippets <laughs> yet but look birds of prey dc it's all in the same uh sphere we we need it's just cons- a big cut. We need consistency, my friend, and I'm yelling at myself more than that because <laughs> I I'm all over the place. I admit it. I admit it. You admit it. I admit it. I admit nothing. <laughs> I like what we did, and you should like it too. That's why you're watching. That's why you're listening. Yes. Well, I guess it's that time. I don't know why. Like uh, anyway, you you were very methodical when you did that with the hand yes. rubbing. Very, I don't. Very, I don't. Very burns. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know either, but it's kind of creeping me out a little. I'm a little scared for later. <laughs> oh, my. No, uh, don't, don't be going on George Decay <laughs> on me, too. Damn it, Decay. Okay. Damn it, Jim. You don't watch Dragon Ball Z. That was a... Anyway. No, that's... Again. <laughs> I, I have my animes that I watch. Hey, look, it's the rails. The wheels aren't on them anymore. No. So, with that said... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the JT and Big O podcast. We will be again uh, here next week. You, uh, We will be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. Is it a okay. train? Uh, like I, okay, I'll be talking about it because I'll be watching it. But I've watched it. I'm not going to not watch it. Why are you pointing to me? Like, <laughs> were you... No, I'm pointing to Sonic because oh. he's right there in the frame. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for those who are listening to the audio, I do have like a... I'm a Sonic fan. I have a good amount of Sonic stuff around here. Yes, I see. So I, I am kind of excited about this movie, even though I'm pretty confident it's going to be pretty bad. Don't don't be hating on my Jim Carrey but, like that. Well, Jim Carrey, and I can never remember the actor's name, but the guy who's voicing Sonic, I'm a big fan of as well. He was, uh, he was in uh, Ben Schwartz. Yes. So he, he's a he's a really good voice actor from Ducktales as well as. Parks and Rec. Yeah, I can't think of his character on Parks and Rec, but I like his character on Parks and Rec as well. So that that's for next week, and uh, whatever other topics that we're gonna.
talk about. Possibly more movies. Uh, possibly, well, you'll try to do your Netflix thing, I assume. Yes. That'll so, be your first case of that. So uh, my, my plan is to try to get a series in for Netflix to talk about. Uh, let's, let's see how my week goes. Because as I pointed out at the beginning of this show, or was it before the show? Well, before at some the point, show. Yeah, at some point we were talking about this, like about how little time I have in my life and like, can I binge watch a TV series anymore? Because I don't think I can. What are, what are you eyeing? No, uh, just you know, just trying to see you know exactly how focused you are about like <laughs> you introspectively looking at your week and your life and how much little time you actually have and you don't know what you're going to do for the rest of the time and you're just like drifting <laughs> off a little bit there. Anyway, <laughs> not that I'm analyzing. Yes. No. With that said, uh, again, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow us on Podbean, where JT Big O. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube. Eventually, there will be content going there as well. And that Whatever is, that may be. And that's also search for JT Big O. We're on Facebook, JT and Big O. And I have not really talked to my partner about this, so I don't didn't want to really announce it here. But we are considering a move over to Twitch for our live streams. But uh, that- you, you do realize I'm looking at the screen that we have up in front of us, and I see the little Twitch icon with JT Big O on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like, you don't think that that was gonna get past me. Yeah, so if you are watching the live stream on Facebook, we do have the logo it's right like, up there. It's right there. It's like, how am I not gonna, right there? Right. There. Because I meant to talk to you before the show began, and then I forgot, and so here we are. It's, it's like obvious. <laughs> So do you, I have no problem with it. I don't care. But like it's it's fine. As we go to the stream and you know a whole new brand of people, a whole new cast of characters, they all listen to us. I'm happy with it. But it's a whole new world. <laughs> but I also would like to touch on the Twitter account that we have. We do have a JT a big we, Twitter, we do, but uh, which I would like to see if I could utilize it for something. Because, oh, you can. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> obviously we want to go ahead and have some kind of fan engagement, if anything. And uh, since we haven't been utilizing the Twitter itself, if you want to go ahead and pose a question to us or if you want to suggest a topic to us or if you want to go ahead and interact with us directly uh more so than say through the other channels that uh it, you know you can find us on go to the twitter jt big o and pose whatever you want to us right then and there and we will go ahead and we will reflect on it on the next episode yes so whether it be a question whether it be a comment whether it be a topic of conversation go directly to jt big o nothing else Go there, so this way we will know exactly where to look and where to find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, use the hashtag uh, JTBigO. Well, that helps too. Yeah, yeah. Hashtags always help. But, I mean, everyone uses the hashtag at this point. So it's like, you know, now we got to go ahead and look for all the hashtags. Yeah, so on. let's not do what the other people are doing. They, they can't have a good idea. <laughs> I'll just sign us off. Jeez. God. All right. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Good night. Watch the Oscars.